Welcome to Draw One Last Breath Horror Podcast. My name's Matt. I'm Butch. I'm Jolly Paul. Welcome to episode 126. On this episode, we have been to the cinema to watch Pearl. In our Something to Scream About, we will be talking about the In Search of Darkness years 88-89 documentary and I picked from the movie from the vault last time, April Fool's Day from 1986. Very well. I apologise if there's loads of noise in the background. It's my son and he is unruly. (laughs) <laughs> and will be murdered after this podcast. <laughs> Damien! That's, ev- that's evidence. Oh, <laughs> uh, God, crack it off. It's been a good... Right, I'm going to kick it off. Right, well, I've, I've been watching some stuff. I've been watching some stuff. Um, just some bits and bobs. Um, finished, ser- finished Servant. Uh, very... Oh, yeah, finished that. A fucking awesome episode. M. Night Shyamalan come on and actually directed the second from last episode. Um, it's just it's a great finish. I'll miss it because it's been, apparently it's over now, so that's a shame. So four seasons and done. The nice tight episodes, Paul, as well. Like you know, twenty five to twenty six minutes. It's really easy to get into. Um, watched something called Night Flyers. Started watching on um, Netflix. It's a couple of years old, and I don't know why. The reason I bring it up is because we did Event Horizon a couple of episodes ago. And it just reminds me of that. It reminds me of a sort of um, longer event horizon. They're in space. Um, there's some weird psychotic things going on. Flashes, gore, technology and blood. It's very interesting. And I feel like the first scene was very event horizon. So, yeah, it's 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 about it's a, it's a one shot. It's not it's one season by looks of things. About 10 episodes, but they're quite long. So, but rough shot. Um, I watched a film called Viking Wolf. Can't remember if any of you recommended that. Viking Wolf. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> um, I don't know what to say about this. Um, <laughs> it's on Netflix. Uh, it's uh, a were- about werewolves and Vikings, by any chance? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely like a nor. It's a nor. It's set in Norway. It's like a Nordic sort of like folklore around the werewolves and stuff like that um it was a very tv horror movie but not in a bad way production values mm, cgi wolf that sort of thing so nothing like major redeeming but it wasn't bad it wasn't bad Um, you're not selling it (laughs) yeah i watched tammy and the t-rex oh did you finally watch it you mean 101 I mean, I don't know what to think. I mean, I can understand the charm of it. Um, young Paul Walker and young Denise Richards. They're like first fucking, they're, they're like first movie, basically. Um, and it's just the idea behind it is just like from what I've like read was they had a dinosaur. And then they just wanted to make a movie because they had this dinosaur. And the dinosaur is just terrible. And there's some really sort of 90s awful, like, CGI moments as well with it. Um, oh, it's so bad, which makes it very, very good. Because it's so <laughs> bad. Um, yeah, it, it's definitely, it's just bonkers. It is absolutely bonkers. And, and I would watch it again. Because <laughs> it's just weird. So, yeah, I'm happy I got to see that. 
Um, I watched Gateway Horror, Christopher Landon's new movie. He did Freaky and um, Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to You and all those sorts of movies. We Have a Ghost with Anthony Mackie and David Harbour. It's on Netflix. Fun, fun, fun for all the family. Very funny. I, I did enjoy this one. It wasn't like blowing my socks off, but it was a fun gateway horror movie. Really, really strong to watch with the family. I definitely recommend going watch that. I also watched another Groundhog Day. You know, we, we watched that um, one with Andy Samberg. Do you remember Palm Springs? Palm Springs. Palm, yeah. There's another one like that called Meet Cute. And it stars Penny from Big Bang Theory and um, Pete Davidson. And I avoided it for easy, thinking it's going to be some really ropey rom-com. But it's quite dark. It is actually quite dark. It's tw- It's got a bit of twist. It's quite twisted. And it sort of follows that sort of Groundhog Day motif. Definitely uh, one to w- worth a watch, I reckon. That's on Amazon Prime. So, um, yeah, not, not bad. Not bad for me. Good couple of bits. What about you, Mr. Kartner? I've watched nothing. Okay. You not watched um any more servant yet? Nope. I, I uh, yeah, it's just been a bit of a crazy two weeks. I don't really watched. I don't think I've watched anything really. Um, no, I haven't. All right. <laughs> I'm, I apologise. I just you did. Yeah. It's fine. Last episode you smashed it, so it's like. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, Paul, what have you been watching? I've watched quite a bit. I mean, I'm getting in a bit of the groove now. Whether it's, I just don't sleep anymore, so I've, I've watched quite a lot. Um, <laughs> some of it's absolute tosh, though. So I watched. Uh, it's dropped on Netflix. So I thought I'd give it a go. Oh no, Amazon Prime. Sorry, uh, Godzilla versus Kong. What the shite. new one? Yeah, shite. Loved it. Fine. Oh my god, They're just <laughs> awful. I mean, uh, how the hell the actors kept a straight face while saying some of the lines? I have no idea. But yeah, no, didn't like it. Um. Monsters Inc. I watch Monsters Inc. with the little ins. Lovely Classic. gateway horror there. <laughs> yeah, loved it. Um, watched Us with the missus. The missus has never seen it, so Ooh. we put that on, and she absolutely loved it. She thought it was brilliant. Um, and yeah, it just gets better with every watch that film, to be honest. So yeah. Uh, so right so now for some of the new stuff that I've never seen before. I watched a, a little film, film four. I tell you, late night film four films that just keep sort of. There's some decent stuff on there. Uh, have you ever seen a film called F? Yes. F. The letter F. No, nope. I have seen it. Yeah. So it's set in a. It's a British film set in a comprehensive school where basically uh, a teacher and his daughter and some security guards and stuff get stuck in a secondary school where mental teenagers are chasing them and stalking them and trying to kill them and killing them and. And uh, yeah, I sort of got sucked into it, and I, I it was a run of the mill, and I think I gave it gained a couple of stars on Letterboxd for the ending, which was bleak as fuck. So definitely worth checking out. Paul, if you've never seen it, I think you actually quite like it. So I literally, what I literally recorded that off of uh, Channel Four, Film Four, like years and years ago. Yeah, so funny you said that because literally I've seen it. That's where I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> so you can keep recycling it uh, but yeah that was alright worth a watch uh, right now I watched the Boston Strangler on Disney Plus is that a TV show? no oh, it's God. a film oh it's a uh, film Keira Knightley um, oh, Carrie Coon who was in uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife yep. and uh, it's got Chris Cooper it's got a decent cast it's okay it's good decent hour and a half 
put your brain on the, the floor but based on actual events it's actually, it's actually all right i'm not going to reveal who the guy is or the actor playing the guy because spoilers but it was decent so definitely worth watching disney plus um i watched on shudder i watched i've seen this i was interested by the graphic on it and i sort of read it and i thought i'll oh, just give it a go it stains the sand red ah well, so me and you butch were on about this ages ago we talked about it on the pod and everything had, we were really interested in watching it and then we it's just the zombie one where she's like following him really slowly is that right through the desert yeah so it's basically yeah, it's on the eve of the other as the zombie apocalypse is happening and a woman stuff happens and basically she's getting chased by a zombie and she sort of thinks she's getting away but then realizes that the zombie doesn't get tired or need aid or stop or anything so it just keeps catching her um and yeah she's sort of trying to get away and trying to get like to where she's supposed to be going um there were bits of it i absolutely thought were incredible absolutely incredible then there were bits of it that it, i just didn't know if it knew what it wanted to be it started off very dark and very sort of sinister and then it went into a bit of comedy um and then it went dark again and then it went a bit of comedy and then it was a bit all over the place but really strong performance by the central character the, the, the woman um and some decent effects you can tell it was quite low budget but it's it's worth a watch i think you's, you you would get a kick out of it so it's definitely definitely a decent concept and a bit of a variation on the zombie sort of drama but bits of it were just a bit too silly <laughs> but yeah um it was quite good um and then finally i watched infinity pool which i'm not really going to talk too much about just in case we do on a future pod but yeah, that definitely. is definitely worth a watch and a discussion about i've been waiting for it forever okay i think we will be watching that very soon <laughs> what is it with mia goth films that they're just like they just don't want to bring them out like out out <laughs> well it's been it's been shown in, in ireland in sort of select theaters like smaller theaters it's, it hasn't been shown in any major uh, things um but it's yeah as well isn't it so yeah it's it's worth a watch guys just to talk about it um i'm not really going to give you anything away if i enjoyed it or if i didn't enjoy it or whatever but yeah we definitely need to have a discussion at some point about it cool mm-hmm. all right then let's uh, get on to some newsy newsy news hounds so Matt. I'm going to go first this week for a change because I never go first. So <laughs> um, talking uh, about uh, kind of like Cronenbergian films um, up next from David Cronenberg is The Shrouds. Uh, Cronenberg's next movie is currently scheduled to begin filming in May 2023. Filming is set to begin on May the 8th in Toronto and as we recently learned, uh, Vincent Casale is going to be on board with it, along with Diane Kruger and Guy Pearce. So apparently uh, Casale will, uh, will play Cash, uh, an innovative businessman and grieving widower who builds a novel device to connect with the dead inside a burial shroud. This burial tool installed at his own state-of-the-art, though controversial, cemetery allows him and his clients to watch their specific departed loved one decompose in real time. Fucked up. Yeah, well, Jesus I mean, Yeah, but like, <laughs> I, I thought that about the last one, and then it was like, it, that was a bit of a, a miss for me. What was it? I can't even remember what, they, what it was called. Rounds of the Future, is it? Yeah, that was a bit of a miss for me. It had moments, but it was too... I hadn't pushed anything. It was too existence for me. But anyway, I don't know. Cool, we'll see. All right, well, I got one. 
Uh, I watched a trailer, The Black Demon. Um, it's new shark, kind of a shark, dark, a dark shark movie set on an oil rig. Um, like a basically an oil man takes his family um, to basically this oil rig that's kind of like uh, abandoned and they don't know why. And there's a lot of cool shots in it from the the thing, the, you know, the shark that is actually sort of instigated why all these these people from the oil rig are no longer there. It's it's not it's not like a supernatural shark. It's an actual shark, but it's a big fucker. Um, I'm I'm down for another shark movie, but it just looks very creepy. More, um, I don't know. It's sort of less Meg. Hang on, isn't this the one I sent the photo to of the poster, and then Jordy Paul said looks shit. <laughs> I I yeah. like, the, the look. At, I don't know what you're on about. I think the trailer looks really cool. Um, it looks based really, on the Mexican yeah. legend, apparently. I'm all for it. So and there's also it's a foreign film, right? Is it, is it foreign film? I don't know. I don't. Oh, no, it's got okay. um, it's got the guy who's in um, Pitch Black, the the bad guy in Pitch Black. Oh, and I generally like the look of it. I, I like the look of it. I could be alright. The Meg, the Meg Two's out later this year. The trench. The trench. And I heard that you know that someone here is a big fan. Not really. <laughs> hey, someone waiting with bated breath. I heard, the sh- I heard that there's not just a big fucking shark in it. The fact that Ben Wheatley's directing it, right, is very, very intriguing. Very intriguing. I still can't, find, I still can't get me around that. <laughs> it must be like, be it must be that you do, you do Meg the Trench and then you can have all the money in the world to do whatever you like with. He don't, need, he don't need a lot of money. He does better with none. So. Right. I'm talking like big, big though. I keep imagining it's just going to be like the Meg eats Jason Statham in the first five seconds, right? And then Jason Statham creates this like life inside the shark's belly and all this type of shit. Five stars. Five stars. (laughs) Well, I I don't know if they're going down the book route because obviously there's four books or something like that. So I don't know. Maybe the second one's darker. We shall see. All right, go on and lay it down on us, Paul. What have you got? Um, Not a tons, to be honest, guys. Um... Linda Blair has been confirmed as being back as Reagan in the new Exorcist film. So I know her mother, is it Ellen Bernstein, was confirmed to be in it, playing obviously Reagan's mother, but actually Reagan's in it as well. So it'd be so interesting to see. So didn't she, she was the mum in the TV series, right? As well. Like I haven't Linda. seen the TV series, but she's, she's obviously the mum in The Exorcist. So this is direct, it's a direct sequel, isn't it, to The Exorcist 1? That's what they say. So, look forward to it. <laughs> With bearded breath. Um, yeah, did you have anything else? I've only got a couple, a couple of bits. I didn't know. I'm all done. No, I'm all done. So, uh, just a couple of things. The Fall uh, has been a massive success on Netflix. If you haven't seen it, please watch it on the biggest screen you can. But The Fall, so apparently they're doing a sequel. <laughs> I have no idea what the sequel will involve. But apparently it's in the works with Netflix because it's been such a... Uh, massive hit on it. Massive streaming hit. Which uh, I'm... Yeah, a second one. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Literally have no idea, but there you Why go. Why not? Um, 
Mike Flanagan uh, has um, basically just been talking up his Dark Tower adaptation, saying that he wants to bring all as many characters in from his universes as possible, which include Doctor Sleep characters. He reckons they'll fit nicely in, and he would love to get like Rebecca Ferguson and stuff back. So, a bit of Dark Tower news, whenever if ever it happens. And then the last bit is Jordan Peele's new film is to not not that we know what it is, but it's gonna be out Christmas 2024, and apparently it's out the same week. Now, this will change, but at the same week as the new Avatar film. So that'll be fun. Oh, God. <laughs> Back on the on the Mike Flanagan bit of news, there's another little bit of news about Mike Flanagan that apparently he's trying to bring Clayface uh, into the Batman universe. Is this Robert Pattinson's Batman universe? Yes. yes. There's this big rumour going around that he's the main villain of the Batman 2. But yeah. then apparently this Flanagan thing is that it's, it's like an origin story of Clayface mm. where he's not a bad guy, which I don't want to watch. <laughs> no, I don't want to watch that either. Oh, this I, like the Robert, I like the Robert Pattinson Batman. So. Yeah, I thought it was okay. It was quite good. Entertaining. I did read something which is kind of not horror related, but really fucking fun and geeky and cool. Uh, so Edgar Wright, Edgar Wright is back doing Scott Pilgrim versus the world as an anime. And all all apparently all actors from the 2010 film are on board to do the voices fucking ace so they did a they did a whole um script reading of the film didn't they i don't think all of the cast were there but most of them were which was quite cool love that film great film i remember going to cinema watching it fucking great film. you butch i'm pretty sure i was going with you yeah alrighty then let's move on to our main review times is admirable but you only get one take at this life if only they would just die pardon nothing i want to be special dancing up on the screen like the pretty girls in the picture I will not let you leave this farm again. I'm worried there may be something real wrong with me. Rumor has it they only take one gal per town. We're looking for someone with X Factor. It has to be me. How about a film nobody else has seen? Is it legal? It will be eventually. I know what I've done. Bad things. Terrible, awful, murderous things. Okay, so this week's main review, we have all been to the cinema uh, to watch the prequel to X, uh, which is Pearl. So, uh, brief synopsis. Um, In 1918, a young woman on the brink of madness pursues stardom in a desperate attempt to escape the drudgery, isolation and lovelessness of life on her parents' farm. 
So obviously we watched X last year. X was a surprise hit. I don't know, better than expected. I don't know, but one of our top ten films of last year. Um, and the prequel obviously sets the events up to this film. What did you think, guys? I mean, if I'd seen this last year, quite this probably would have been in the top ten as well. It top was, five, top five for me. I was just from start to finish blown away by again by her because this is let's say this is like the mere mere gosh show we knew from that x that this was happening because they'd said that they had an extra two weeks i think it's a really short shoot um he just basically like they had an extra bit of time they had you know a bit of extra budget and they had mere goff and they were like fuck it let's do let's do this and she is incredible and learning about the older lady from X, which is Pearl, and seeing her psychotic tendencies was just fucking nuts. But I don't know. I just it was for me. I like describe it, and as a lot of people have, as uh, as a mix of Wizard of Oz meets Psycho meets Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's sort of where the way I sort of describe it. But yeah, Matt, what do you think? Um, I loved it from start to finish. I saw this quite a while ago because I was sick and tired of people talking about it all the time and literally I, I i think i might even like it more than x to be fair because i just think it lays so much groundwork for and answers why why this is happening what happens in x and i think it's just superbly done and and like if there was an oscar worthy horror movie of last year this should have been nominated for sure for her performance alone and for his direction skills on the low budget that he had cinematography was again to make you feel like you're in a fifth watching sort of like 50s movie from start to finish i thought it was incredible the the tones and the colors that he sort of gets and the palette that he's created is just it was stunning to watch mr stevens did you i mean i blown away absolutely blown away i mean to think that you know when, when it was announced and we were like "Ooh, really excited that there's a companion piece and you know what he's done with this what two weeks shooting a minimum budget and he's created that that's almost like that almost makes it even better in my eyes like he, don't, don't quote he, me on that timeline but well no but you you felt that well it was in a lockdown wasn't it in a, in a very short space of time anyway to, the fact that two of them have just dreamt up the idea and went oh we'll shoot it it could have just been a straight the look of X could have just mirrored it, but it didn't. It made you feel like uh, the first 20 minutes you think, am I watching a family film? Am I watching Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? Or am I watching like it was so well done that you were just going, I've seen X. I know it's about to come. So at some point this film's going to turn very, very dark. So why do I feel so comfortable in this jolly real surroundings of, of like life and her little like head and, you know, yes, we do know there's obviously that dark presence at home, but she's like skipping about the place. Like it was, and it, it do you know what? It added to the tension because you knew some bad shit's about to go down, but it's really uncomfortable in this lovely, beautiful, bright world that he's created. I just thought it was spectacular, guys. I, I really did. I absolutely loved it. So my little two-week fact was the fact was the collaboration time between ty west and mia goff in the lockdown right. so they collaborated uh, over the, the two weeks a uh, two weeks lockdown to sort of come up with the script basically for this she also learned german 
for this role in a very short space of time. So that accent is sort of like something that she's came up with in a very short space of time. Yeah, I mean, uh, wow, just just stunning. I mean, obviously you get you go into a bit of the plot where she's she's obviously unhinged <laughs> straight. You just know there's something off about her. She's just got that great thing of when she smiles, she looks as if she's about to murder you. <laughs> that could be the most genuine smile in the world, but you, you, there's definitely some layers under that. Um, and like, I loved how he shifted the color. Did you notice the color change when her mood changed as well? Mm. Yeah. Like, the whole environment was from her eyes, and when it started to get a bit rocky, the clouds came over and it darkened. And then when she was a bit happy, the sun came back out, and it was all bright and vibrant. I loved it. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if you're going to do a scary-ass scarecrow, fuck me, that scarecrow. <laughs> yeah. it, oh, my. He got dry-humped within an oh, yeah. inch of his life. <laughs> it was just a dark sort of coming-of-age movie, looking at someone who's completely isolated and alone and who just wants to escape uh, the drudgery, but also has this real level of unhingedness behind it all. There's just something not right. A parent, a mum knows it, a dad knows it, in his own little way. Um, I mean, are we spoiling this little bad boy? I'm guessing we are. Because it's been out in the cinema now. And it was late last year. So go see it. But with the rest of this conversation, we're, we're kind of move on to talk about some of the extra little bits. Um, her dad is sort of like what he's had. I don't know what was about that. There's some kind of... He's like... <laughs> The Spanish uh, flu, which I thought was quite uh, interesting that they picked the Spanish flu and actually highlighted it and had masks on and it was almost like that sort of, you know, the times we live in, do you know what I mean? It was, I thought it was quite clever. But I think he's had the Spanish flu and then it's just made him a vegetable. I think as well, I think it was actually obviously shot in the pandemic. So that kind of ticked the boxes that why they had so many people in masks and stuff like that, which I thought was quite clever a way of getting around it. Yeah, really, really good. Not much, not much for cast in this. It's like her, um, her two parents. There's like a a, sist- a sister-in-law who sort of pops up every now and again, and um, then her so-called boy, so-called husband who's away in the war, and a, and a little bit of a love interest. I mean, mm. she has a real fascination with the the arts, as we sort of learn from X. Um, and she has these, it explores her sort of innocence, but as well as a like weird sexual sort of awakening, maybe, or sexual tendencies that she's got. They're like explored in a really weirdly dark way as well. Dry humping a scarecrow in the middle of a <laughs> So weird. What I quite like, though, is that, do you know, in X, she talks as if she's been all over Europe and entertained the troops. And I thought she'd gone and i thought at some point in the film she was going to jet off somewhere someone's going to take her away when actually it's all bollocks you know it's actually like she's obviously still in this fantasy land that she's actually been that star and has danced all over and all this type of stuff i thought it was really like clever because again you just didn't really even though you knew i was going you didn't really know where i was going it was it was it was it was quite good and that fucking crocodile jesus christ the cro- yeah well yeah because the crocodile obviously couldn't be alive probably when the movie shot but like there, there was alluded to but yeah well she feed a feed a goose to it at the beginning started no, off quite, that's quite, quite dark um and they're just like weird little performances to like one cat and obviously the farm's failing um and there was like you know little parallels lots of like decay you got like a nice um 
table scene sort of like with te- Texas Chainsaw Massacre and stuff like that, which was quite uncomfortable to watch. Some really weird, uncomfortable moments in terms of like her relationship with her father. It was like the, the way that's recorded. I mean, like that's the thing. That's the great thing about the film is that you're watching this like you, you're almost like, am I watching this wholesome family drama? And it's nothing bad's happened yet, but she's naked in the bath with her dad, who is and then, like, is he enjoying it? Is he not? That's like the whole like a ma- is, uh, There's a point where our mom comes in the bathroom and sort of looks at both of them and then wheels her dad away. Like that's enough of that for you, <laughs> young man. <laughs> yeah, it's really uncomfortable. But there's like a real calculated naivety, like to her sort of personality, and like you feel kind of you do feel sorry for her. Um, there's two really stark moments in this movie. One is a monologue, which was like nearly eight minutes long, um, and it was just like that's why when Matt says like about this this Oscar worthy performance, totally that was like a yeah, Arc de Triomphe. Um, but the most unsettling thing in the whole movie, and Matt told me to stay put because I was going to get out of my seat, was watching the end credits and her just, what? I don't know. Gurning. <laughs> <laughs> trying to smile. I guess the direction was try and smile for as long as you can and then see what sort of, and whatever happens happens it's sort of like it looked like it was blink. hurt at one point she was crying as well <laughs> she didn't blink the entire right. thing that was like six minutes long all that oh god she's just yeah and i've never seen her in anything i know she has been in stuff but before x didn't really know anything about her and now suddenly like what well, after watching x she and was this. a model before all this. Right. Well, she, was in, so. she was in a movie with Anna Taylor-Joy. I know that much. I can't think it's Emma. I think she was in. Well, lads, I know I'm already going to talk about, but wait till you see her in Infinity Pool. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen some clips. But yeah, I do want to see it. I have one question, though. Her husband, who's away... And the husband that returns at the end when it all go after it all's all gone, Pete Tong. Is that the same husband? In... It's the same character. It's not the same actor. Yeah, yeah, but it is. But it's, yeah, it, it, is it is the husband. So after he comes back from the war, he de- they definitely stay and they definitely are on the farm for the rest of their lives. Right. Yeah. It's so just... I think as that, I think that's the 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 whole point of the whole. Um the the smile and the not blinking at the end it's almost like she's sort of like almost like piercing into his soul going everything's fine whatever you're looking at here doesn't really exist you know what i mean just stay with me and i need you and everything we're all good we're all good we're all good please don't like shout or scream or anything like that um and i think he just i think he does he just stays with her because he i think he might blame himself for the whole event because he left her and quite they, they allude that they all know she's a bit fucking nuts. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that six minute monologue, Paul, or eight minute monologue, whatever it is, it, um, Jesus, you just kind of take your eyes away from the screen when she's on it. It's incredible. It just abs- it blocks everything out and just absorbs you in. And the fact that she wasn't nominated for anything, forget the Oscars, but like anything is. Did anybody watch the film? Because it's it's just an incredible piece of acting. Oh my god. So yeah. 
the woman she was opposite as well, her sister-in-law, like obviously the going to her and her sort of enduring that conversation, <laughs> and then what's going to happen next? <laughs> I mean, what Matt? What do you think of like like the deaths in comparison to X? Yeah, I mean, it was uh, there wasn't a great deal was there. I mean, I think the thing is, it's a, it's a totally different film, kind of. It's like, do you know what I mean? It's 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 a you know, it's a one piece in it. It's it's about her. It's about her character and finding out all this information. Um, but yeah, I like I like the deaths. They're really cool. Like like really shot really well. I liked it. It's really good. Really, really cool. Definitely one to go and sort of explore and watch. And uh, and yeah, we got Maxine coming out later on in the year, which is following on. <laughs> this is this is the trilogy, you know. I mean, this. Do you know it's set in the eighties as well, lads? It's like proper. Oh, it's well eighties with that title. That so he's going to dial it up to hundred, I think. But he's got a lot of. He, he set himself up for a right finale. Oh my god. I, I, I'm a big fan. Big fan of Ty West. I, I just don't think he's going to get enough credit for for what he did. Completely, like it's a for me, honestly, it was shot for shot, just incredible, absolutely incredible. What what a great film! Yeah, definitely one for go and watch um, and enjoy. Um, please just go out and find it. I mean, it had a short run at the cinema. Um, it'll be available on uh, streaming quite soon. X was quite quite quickly as well, so. Um, it's a great little companion piece for X and on its own merit it's just ridiculous go see the movie how, how about rating it what would you what would you rate this bad boy Matt do you want to go first uh, I'd rate it 9 breaths out of 10 for me yeah I'm saying 9 9 out of 10 well lads I'm going to go 10 Ooh. I apt, honestly I absolutely love it and if it's not in my top 3 films this year in year not even just horror i'll be amazed i fucking loved it it was amazing i would have given i would have given it a 10 but there wasn't a necklace in sight so (laughs) yeah what yeah (laughs) it's a shame (laughs) jesus didn't didn't get a 10 for the cows so poor daisy (laughs) in that case maybe we should move on right let's move on uh right so next episode um we maybe maybe talking about no no (laughs) i think what you're gonna say it's a no and don't mention his name we may be uh talking about (laughs) we may be talking about mir goff again let's put it that way (laughs) we shall see right okay without further ado let's move on to our something to scream about Okay, we are getting down to the final two years of In Search of Darkness Part 3, 88 and 89. Fucking hell. Okay, let's barrel through these fucking movies then. Find out which ones these boys have watched. Well, the first one off the pop, Return of the Living Dead Part 2. Matt, you must have seen this bad boy. 
a million times. Got it on VHS. Fucking love it. Great poster. Probably. I not. haven't seen it. So oh, oh. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> We've done the first one, haven't we, for the for the um, pod, but we haven't done the second. Yeah, this is the one where the director shit the bed. Basically, he sort of he he wasn't really interested in making it. Um, it was almost like a weird kind of direct remake in, of it ish not really i think there's a bit of suburbia in it i out of all three of them i'm still i think they've all got their charm but return of living dead free <laughs> for many many reasons it's just so out I there don't know. number two it's like a bit it's, it's kind of i think i relate to it more because there was a kid in it canopy it followed, it? it followed the kids more and uh, i thought uh, i quite liked it because of that but yeah i loved it i thought it was brilliant yeah, I'm a big fan of this. I got the tri- I got the trilogy on uh, DVD. Very love these love this series. Um, next we got Sorority Babes in the Slime Ball Bowl Olorama. I've seen this like titled. I think it's on Amazon Prime. I think it's on YouTube for free. I need to watch it. It's it's just <laughs> I think I'm just gonna go out and watch it. An imp, bad wi- bad wishes, and uh, a, a character called Juki. No, it was an actor called Juki Flieswater. Who plays it is so so bad. You've seen it. You will love it. Yeah, I've seen it, yeah. Oh fucking hell. But you will love it. You will <laughs> yeah. love it probably. It's bad though. It's bad. The Lena Quiddity like pops up and just fucking yeah. fast as like another punk sort of character. It looks batshit. Paul, definitely up your street. Oh yeah, well up my street, yeah. Damn right. <laughs> love a good imp. <laughs> um uh, next is up is a, a movie that I haven't seen. Wes Craven, another movie, and I'm still not sure. It's one I've just kind of avoided. I don't know if I can be bothered. The Serpent and the Rainbow. Matt, this is a zombie movie, in effect, like which explores like the voodoo size of um, the zombie mythos. Is this the one with Hugh Grant in it? Nah, it's Sam Neill. Is it Sam Neill? Sam Neill. Is it Sam Neill? Or Bill Pullman. It was Bill Pullman. Maybe yeah. I haven't seen this then. I'm Bill... quite intrigued with this one, Paul. Yeah, but I, I've always avoided it. I don't like the title, Serpent and the Rainbow. It doesn't really jump out at me as one that I'm like that. Meh. But it's Wes Craven, so it's got to be good. But it's, I feel that if I watch it now, it's good, and I haven't watched it, it's going to be dated. That's what I. That's my gut. But yeah. it's, it's a zombie. You're movie. on that precipice. I thought a lot with it, these films. You're on that precipice of the nineties, aren't you? It's like it's all. It, it is like the turning of the era where you like. Does it feel? This, that that 90s, 80s just aged very well. Yeah. They tend to age very well. But towards the 90s, there's sort of that tendency. The 90s films don't really. In like 90, it was like 90 to 92, and they don't tend to age that well. Like, even if you watch like Silence of the Lambs sort of again, it's sort of like, I don't know. It's a great movie, but it's still like the way it's shot. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Matt, Sleepaway Camp 2. So I've got two and three, thanks to Matt, to watch. This one didn't didn't include, you know. Well, as someone who hasn't watched Sleepaway Camp 1, um, do I need to fucking watch it anymore? Because it spoiled the fucking... I was, I was like, oh, well, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then I've seen... Then That's I've a seen... shame, Matt. That's a real yeah. shame. <laughs> she, had, she had a lovely cock. <laughs> <laughs> Felicity, Felicity Rose. Um, 
and <laughs> she didn't appear in this one. Someone else did. Bruce Springsteen's sister. Sister, yeah. Plays the uh, uh, the character, whatever her fucking name, or his, her, them, their name. <laughs> Horror comedy with quippy one-liners. Look pretty good. Some of the kills look really good. I don't know. I'm well up for this. I'll have a few like cheesy one-liners. So that's good. Uh, don't panic. Is any of you seen this one? Nope. Nope. Ouija board demons and shit is what I wrote for this one. <laughs> Not really bothered that much to talk about this one. I think we'll move on. Lady in white. I thought this this sort of this is right on Matt Street gateway as like a ghost and a weird child killer. You must love this one, Matt. I've never I've never seen it. Never seen it. It's one of them which I've seen the DVD cover a million times and never really it's never really pulled me in to go. You must watch this. And I, to be honest, when I was watching it, I was a bit like, Ugh. I couldn't really get just about what it was about. Hmm. Right. Uh, Dream Demon, which has Timothy Timothy Spall and Jimmy Jim, Neil. Jimmy Neil. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely got to do this one, lads. Hundred <laughs> percent. Special effects look look epic. And it's got those two women who's like I can't remember. She was on the thing, wasn't she? I can't remember her name. Um, but she's always playing like a badass sort of like like final girl and stuff like that. So yeah, Dream Demon is definitely one. If it's got Timothy Spall in, I'm all up for that. And he looks like his character in Harry Potter. Yeah, so. and Jimmy Neal. Yeah. Matt have, you, Matt, have you seen Monkey Shines? No, I haven't. No. I want to see it, though. It's like well, another one like Mars. Right, it, it looks really fucking good. Monkeys, telepathy, and, like, everyone starts getting killed by the monkey. Like, another... There's a real... There's a. There's, that's obviously the only monkey that they're allowed to get on sex it's like the fucking hunger the hangover monkey isn't it a little capuchin monkey the friends like, monkey friends monkey probably the Marcel. i just think it's just funny like obviously just being a romero film it's yeah. like you'd expect a zombie to rock up Matt has it on vhs that is a very 90s um sort of vhs it ain't, no, it's, ain't it's, got on, that. it's on orion you can't get more 90s than orion man yeah, it looks like Lawnmower Man. The tagline, the most spine-chilling movie since The Fly. See Deep, no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. Deep within the human mind, there are primitive instincts locked away. Someone has just found the key. <laughs> mm. Fucking weird. Um, yeah, it's an 18, though. We love an 18. Um, Black Roses. Heavy metal... Heavy metal Monsters and boobs. Never heard of it. Again, after we discussed like the last episode where most of the movies from that era are like in that heavy metal era. I want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> the next one we I, I think is just a must, isn't it? If we've done uh, what we have done on the uh, on the podcast in the past, but it's called The Brain. Um, this looks special. This looks incredible. I need this. I need this in my life. Um, brain going, ra- brain going around killing people, and with lines 
such as food for thought. I mean, what more could you want? Um, <laughs> I was sat right watching it, and I was like, Jesus, that looks like one of them uh, toys. You know them, and then it came on. Yeah. What was the movie we watched, Matt, that had the other brain in it? The little eyes. Brain damage. Brain damage. Yeah, very remind me a little bit of that. But obviously the brain's massive. Sort of almost like it's almost like the blob. It just keeps getting bigger. They do a, a wonderful um version of this on one oh one uh films, like a real nice a bit like um the Tamina T Rex box like Ooh. collection of this movie. It looks it's re- really looks good. I think I'll have to make a purchase. Loved it, looked at really cool. Next one's fucking weird though. Howl of the Devil. Uh it's either Mexican or Spanish, I can't remember which. Um, and it's it's sort of like it's not really a werewolf movie. They're sort of, it's like he's changing into like weird monsters, like a werewolf Frankenstein. Yeah, it's just it, this looks look really bonkers. This one, it's, it's almost like dubbed, isn't it? It's almost like this. The 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 documentary went through a phase of like including like Asian horror. And then, like, towards the end of uh, the 80s, then they went on to sort of Mexican-Spanish horror. It's just it's just weird. It's, like, really low budget. I don't know. I'm not really sure about that one. Right, moving on to 1989. Things. Video. <laughs> this is, like, troll, bird pan, like, birdemic and all that sort of stuff, is it? Something that we I haven't heard of. We make things by ourselves now, lads. And it will be better. I think we could give it a go. Little weird, <laughs> little weird ants that sort of like are like killing. I don't know what was say. It's just really like low budget, have a go sort of DIY movie, really, isn't it? I don't know, but it is. But this this last list, I've not even heard of half of these. They're really deep, deep cuts. Really were compared to the rest of it. That's mm. what I it found really. Feel, it did feel like they were like scraping the the proper bottom of the barrel towards the end. Like, well, we're going we're going into the nineties. That's probably why, isn't it? It started yeah. to, to kind of deteriorate. Mm. Next one was the shock and dark. Uh, Venice creature feature, and I thought this is like here's your here's your alien sequel that you always wanted, right? Military. <laughs> um, you got military. You got Terminator in there. You got aliens in there. I mean, we, you keep whinging both of you about wanting to see another alien military movie this is what you need to put onto the podcast yeah, all my dreams came true paul to be honest i, I love the fact that we couldn't release it because it was it was subject to getting the the shit sued out of it by everybody <laughs> what was it called again it was called shocking um dark. shocking dark had, this is the one that had like 65 different titles for it or something like the terminator and uh it was not not ever released in America for ages because it was just fear of being sued because it just basically had like a Terminator ripoff in there. Well, the cover the cover of it says Terminator Two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why they were gonna. That's another title for it. It was like there was just so many different titles. <laughs> Amazing. It, it was one of those ones which was Italian that sort of like got um, badly dubbed. I think. I want to see it. Yeah, defo. Uh, Santa Sangre. <laughs> fucking what the, the this is the one with the kid the kid the kid that was being tattooed <laughs> like he was about eight and he was getting this massive chest piece i mean I <laughs> it's like a, i described it as like a mexican argento basically like some kind of 
surreal mess. <laughs> That's why I don't know. I don't know. Not one that I'm rushing. I've never seen Fright Night 2. Fright Night 2. It looks it's a classic. It does look really good as a sequel. And it's I, like bring, brings back the originals. I've seen Fright Night 2. And I never, I can't remember it. I mean, I saw it when I was little, like a kid. Because I always remember the trailer of the werewolf losing his fingers in the um, in the window. And uh, we got it from the video store. And I can't remember it being that sexy. <laughs> If I'm honest. <laughs> so yeah, let's do that one again. <laughs> yeah, it did look pretty naughty, didn't it? But I don't know if it actually will be. <laughs> Probably not, but look. Cool. Monster hunting. Um this is never heard of this. But again, this feels very nineties. Relentless. Um a film with Judd Nelson as a maniac a maniac slasher dude. I mean Judd Judd Nelson, yes. I don't know. Apart from that, I was just like, just looks like, I, I don't know if I was saying we're running a mill, but. Generic 90s thriller. <laughs> generic 90s thriller vibe. Yeah. That's what I got from it. Yeah. But with Judd Nelson, that got to be quite slightly different, maybe. Don't know. But it had a big budget. It's that start of like sliver and basic instinct, maybe that sort of era. That's what it felt like. Who knows? Um. Matt, obviously, we love Puppet Master. Yes, we do. There's been like 13 of them. <laughs> and the, and the, the first one started in 1989, which is quite late, considering consider there's been so many. Mm. And we've done Puppet Master for the podcast already. Well, the 13 Nights of Alvira, my Puppet Master. Oh, yes. I forgot about that subtitle. Mm. <laughs> But yeah, I love Puppet Master. I love all the little characters. I got you the little little blade, didn't I? Or was it a little yeah. blade for, yes. or, for Christmas? Yeah, we like that. Love love it. Anyone know the next two? I'm not really bothered about the Black Cat, which was some kind of like very stylized horror. Not my not my cup of tea. Didn't really think much of that one. And then another Mexican horror movie called um, Grave Robbers which had some good special effects in it. But again, I don't know if I'm running to go and watch these sort of things. <laughs> I suspect you've seen the best special effects in a little bit of the... <laughs> I, feel, I feel you're right. I feel you're right. Yeah, but then it's all wrapped up nice in a bow, isn't it? Oh, I did enjoy this documentary. Again, it's nice like looking at it and revisiting a load of uh, horror movies. I mean, it's, the, my favourite year was 86, I think, definitely. There's a lot. Television. Yeah, it was amazing. I was so, so 86 and 87, I just want, like, literally all of them. I, to be fair, I think it's lined up quite a lot of movies from the vault for us, to be honest, hasn't, hasn't it? There's a lot of shit that I haven't seen, well, the hundreds that I haven't seen, but you guys haven't seen it either, so it'll be quite I, interesting um, going forward. So I'll send them on the uh, group, but I've um, found pictures of all the, almost like a checklist of all the movies from all three um documentaries so maybe we should i'll send them on to you matt and maybe you can put them on put that on our social media because there's mm. a there's a lot there to be able to sort of go in and i'm like ah oh, watched it watched it watched it need 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 and i like that sort of thing <laughs> yeah. i'll forward that on to you boys right it was a lovely four five week discussion on in search darkness free i guess we won't be doing it again unless they venture into 
the 90s, which I'm sure they they will because they seem to make a mint out of this and it's probably quite simple to set up and do. We'll, we'll see if they do go into into the 90s horror. Who knows? Right. Let's move on to our move from the vault. Paramount Pictures cordially invites you for a weekend getaway at the party to end all parties. This is the craziest party that could ever be. <coughs> don't turn on the lights because I don't want to see. April <coughs> Fool. Welcome to my home and lifestyles of the rich and undeserving. Wrong. Oh, Join eight privileged guests who are just dying <laughs> to have fun. <laughs> wow, what is this, the bridal suite? You like it? The ladies. I find a use for it. The gentlemen. <laughs> we, we, we did, on the first date. The young. Well, basically, I possess a, an essential lack of seriousness. And the restless. Everyone is having such a good time. It's scary. Is something wrong? You're dead. Radio is blasting. Someone's knocking at the door. I'm looking at my girl. She passed out. Nikki! I'll see someone in the I never seen before. Don't know what it is. I don't want to see it. April Fool's Day. Get ready to party till you drop. So this episode's movie from the vault is 1986's April Fool's Day. Nine college students staying at a friend's remote island mansion begin to fall victim of an unseen murderer over the April Fool's Day weekend. But nothing is as it seems. Sorry. As it seems. <laughs> I remember this being much better than this time around watching it. Just gonna put it out there. But carry on. Who wants to go first? Butch, you go first. Line me up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, loads of cheesy one liners. The film's kind of like as it says, April Fool's Day. And there's like a, there is like a point horror book called April Fool's Day, which I remember reading as a kid, teenage horror. It's way better than this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I like the things I've always seen the the little poster with the woman and it looks really kind of dark and I like this premise. Um, and it pulled the rug right from underneath me and I just wanted to think, I was like, this has got a cult following. People love this. And I'm like, trying to get my head around if i did it's got biff from uh back to the future in it so that's a plus ever known as tom wilson but yeah <laughs> well i don't know lots of like weird special effects which were well, amy bad Steele in it as well who amy Steele. who's amy Steele when i'm at home oh dear i can't remember go on hit me friday the 13th part two Okay, good. Amy Steele, final girl in it. I, I quite like her. I think she's good. A lot of tomfoolery. 
as the title expects, and you, I, I expected more mutilator. Mutilator. Uh, and mutilator. <laughs> I didn't re- I didn't really get that. Um, did you Did you think? Well, I thought though that that Kevin Bacon must have gone for that guy's part, and well, not gone for that guy's part, and gone, no, I don't want anything to do with this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Big time. Thank God for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he dodged a bullet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, go on then, Paul. What do you think? Oh, I just thought it was shade, lad. Sorry. <laughs> that's, that's my one sentence. No, look, it it just I thought it took ages to get going. I took ages to get going. And there were no real kills in it. And it was kept going on and on and on. And then the reveal at the end, which I, I didn't get it, but it did. I didn't go. Oh my god! When really I should have went. Oh my god! It was just yeah, like, oh. I did when I watched it. I think I watched this when I was really young, and I just thought it was a run-of-the-mill kind of slasher. And I must have been so naive because I remember the reveal being like, "Oh my god, that's genius!" But I, if I've really thought about it, the, t- the, the, the answer is in the title, for Christ's sake. Yeah. You know what I mean. I thought it was a dream sequence. I thought they'd gone into a funny dream sequence. And I was like, what have you just done to me? I don't understand what's going on. And I'm like, oh, and then I clicked. And I'm like, really? It was all a ruse. (laughs) You have the the college thing. I just thought this whole setup was just a bit, it was just really flimsy the way they handled it. Like, it just, you sort of, it just went from scene to scene. And you were like, well, what is, what's really going on? Yeah, like, it doesn't uh, really move along, does it? There's no, no... And it did like you had the ferryman and the 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 guy's eye came out of his head when he got squashed off the boat and all that type of stuff and I was like, Oh well, that was quite a decent bit of special effect. I thought that was quite cool, quite decent. Yeah. But they didn't you, they left the film, right? And it was like they're gone. There was no reason to bring them back, you know what I mean? It, it, it wasn't I didn't feel it was clever their part in it and all that type of stuff. Um and then, like the whole the whole substitution of Mufti, Mufti or Muffy's sister, Mufti and Buffy, Buffy. Yeah, Mufti and Buffy. <laughs> Their whole substitution thing. I was just like, um, obviously, as you're watching it, going, well, I, d- I don't know what's going on, but she's obviously the killer. <laughs> yeah, which is too like, obvious. But I mean, the old movie premise anyone who's sort of still listening to this conversation um it's april fool's day and they do a lot of gags and they play a lot of gags on each other and they do that a lot and um this is just one long gag basically they go to an island and it's like they start getting picked off one by one but are they getting picked off and, I, and you never really have any clue that it is a gag and it's i don't know it's it, 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 I'm sure it fucking scuppered somebody out there. I'm sure someone. Oh yeah, my did. god, that did. was bloody was good. Because <laughs> I, 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 I Matthew, when six year old. <laughs> Literally, I remember it being like, unless I watched a different April Fool's Day, I don't know, but I remember it being a lot better than it was. Um, but yeah. But again, man, it probably was when you were younger. Like it probably just has not aged well at all. Like we live in a world of like. You know, Shyamalan twists. You know what I mean? Like, or but it like... was, it was like, like I said, it was like jackassery. Like it, everything was a joke, and I think they did that 
very early on and maybe that's the whole point it's like they it's like with the knife the knife play i'm gonna fucking play with a knife and then boom oh it's in a knife and then it's oh no it's not real oh this isn't real and oh this is a joke on a joke on a joke and it's like oh fine and and it's escalating throughout the movie i kind of you know you kind of look at it that way and maybe it's a bit clever it's just that the jokes keep on getting bigger and bigger but then you're like they all just died but then I mean, there were some creepy bits in it. The bit with the, like, where they were, were fell into the well. Yeah, the well bit was probably the best bit of the film for me. And the the, un, the snake wasn't meant to be there. Ooh, it could have killed him. He shit his pants. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it was just all a bit mediocre. Like, But, again, a, a slasher by numbers, which wasn't too awful. Um, nothing like Odegaard. I was going, oh, it's not as good as Mutilate. I was comparing. It wasn't anything like massive. And then I suppose the biggest diversion is the fact that none of the fucking kills in the whole movie was done. It was just like special effects, which I'm like, yeah, okay. And then poor Matey Boy. I thought he was. See, what was it? There was a movie. Oh, that I told you about. It was like it was set in Russia. I can't remember what it was called. It was like some um influencer dude and he was going to russia and it was all like sore and escape room and right at the end of the movie he comes out and he beats the shit out of the main guy and stomps on him and kills him and then everyone's there and they're all in on it he's so they they put him through the ringer they're all in on it and he ends up killing the fucking main guy who set it all up in front of them all (laughs) it's like i thought maybe if they did that on april fool's day where you know, what the bloke comes out and he's like, ah, and starts fucking killing every, killing him right in front of him, and it's, they're like, whoa, dude, that might have been, that might have upped it. Yeah. <laughs> million percent agree, with Paul. I was literally like, you had the opportunity to like, you've either pushed somebody over the edge where they've actually killed somebody to defend themselves because they think they're in real danger, or like they did it. It's obviously after the reveal where it's just a big prank. The the lass who owns the house or her house goes upstairs. And she's like chilling out afterwards. And then another one of them like slashes her throat and you're like, oh, but then it's oh, April Fool's Day and she's fine. That was the chance. If someone went and killed her then and said April Fool's Day and she was dead and then it ended the film, it'd be like, oh, oh my God, like, oh, you know, but they didn't. It's just like, hey, here's another gag. And then that really weird music at the end of the film. <laughs> did it, did it, did it, did it. It's like, What? Yeah, and I, don't yeah care what, like, I don't care what anyone says. A jack-in-the-box ain't fucking scary. The whole wig at the end. You're just like, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, it just didn't really do anything for me. Yeah, right. it was me- mega slow. It needed it needed something a bit more than, than what it was for me. So, I tell yeah. you, another standout moment that, you know, in a film of not very many, but, um, you know, the bit with the picture with the eyes cut out and it's supposed to be a head behind it. <laughs> I thought that was quite good, and and and, I, and we're being pretty bad on it because it, because also compared to, if you compare it to any other horror like like these where rugs have been pulled out, this is unique. It is very unique. There's I can't think of anything else that's like I can think of examples where at that time yeah, yeah it probably was unique. like the the bait and switch like ah oh, we fooled you, but then then they do it again. So quite clever how they. You really think about it, okay, they did it, and then they do it again. 
I wish they'd have gone like I wish they'd have sort of shown I know no one dies but had a bit more gore and a bit more oh he's dead rather than just an off screen oh he's in trouble now he's in trouble now and maybe seeing a couple of the characters see them die you know what I mean rather than go oh well they're not here anymore they must be dead like oh, but, a head in the yeah, well. but I think that they said that they, it, I think it would have been a bit hard to do with not yeah. having an actual killer yeah, but I don't know, like, you can do, like, if you're running away from a murderer and there's blood splurting, you know what I mean? You're not going to be taking too much notice of if they're mm-hmm. dying or not. There's plenty of films that have done that. So mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. I just I thought it was a bit of a missed opportunity for the the idea they had. I like the premise, like, but it was poor delivery for me. It needed something, it needed, like, that moment where it goes too far the joke goes too far and somebody goes fucking mental and becomes the bad guy and that that sort of for me would have worked i think yeah like the noose the noose is in the post and you think where's the noose and i know the guy was sort of hanging but i thought yeah he was hanging his arms and legs were tied up (laughs) how the fuck did he get out of that one well there yeah some movie magic (laughs) <laughs> Let's do some last facts because yeah. um, I think we've uh, well and truly nailed that one in the round. Thanks, Indy, for picking that one, my son. <laughs> Technically not my pick, but there you go. All right. Anyway, um, so while the crew was lighting a scene, Deborah Goodrich began reading Cosmopol- Cosmopolitan Questionnaire uh, to her co-stars, which elected a huge conversation that caught the attention of director Fred Walton. A few, de- few days later, Walton handed... Goodrich the magazine and a new set of questions, Dirty Pervert, and asked the actress to improvise a scene which would wind up in a final cut. Um, the cast assembled at a hotel in Vancouver, British Columbia, just prior filming and begun hanging out to build their rapport and hone their characters to make them more believable that they were actually friends. At the film's beginning, Griffin O'Neill's skip character is blamed for a prank turned accident that leaves ferry, a ferryman disfigured. Get this right. In a bizarre case of life imitating art, O'Neill was indicted on uh, is it indicted on manslaughter charges. Following a year, uh, uh, in the following year after the film, uh, for a drug-induced boating mishap that resulted in the death of Francis Ford Coppola's son, Giancarlo Coppola. What? Bloody hell. <laughs> it's better than the film. I know. The right film about that. Um, director Fred Walton commented in 2016 in an interview with uh, Daily Dead that when they began shooting the dinner party scene, there was no collective energy whatsoever and the scene was flat. When they broke for lunch, Walton scolded the cast and then returned to the film's um, scene and everybody stepped up their game. Um Lena Quigley was originally cast as Muffy slash Buffy, um, but she had to turn down the role due to scheduling conflicts with the return of the living dead. And the last one... She made the right pick. You might This might shed a little bit of light, this one. The film originally had a much longer and more twisted ending. In the original script, after Muffy reveals the whole weekend was a setup, the guests leave except for Rob, Kit, Chaz and Nikki who sneak back to the house to prank Muffy for revenge. However, when they return, Skip cracks and attempts to kill Muffy in a jealous rage. 
Rob jumps in and saves Muffy, killing Skip in the process. This ending actually was filmed, but did not make it into the final cut, as the studio opted for a more upbeat conclusion, as this ending is is identical to how the book plays out. Right. There you go, there's your answer, look. But they could have made it. Could have, would have, should have. That one scene could have changed it from a one breath out of ten to... A two breath. I don't. <laughs> 100% increase. I don't know. It's middle of the road for me. Hard pressed to give it a five. Probably more of a four for me. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a long, it's, it was a bit of a slog to be fair. And because um, I had Tom Wilson in it, I'm going to give him an extra star. So I'll probably go, I'll probably just get edged to five stars. Yeah. I think it's, it's it's a recommendation. Maybe you could watch it. It's just like it's not a must watch, but yeah, I know go. what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Well, I'm gonna go three breaths out of ten. <laughs> See that coming? Yeah. That <laughs> and may I add to that as well to Matt's facts at the end? I think this is the only movie from the vault that we've done with zero kills. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, two out of ten. <laughs> okay, four out of ten. Now it gets it gets three because Biff's in it. So, all right, okay, that's uh, drawing last breath. Four out of ten. Um, so yeah, moving on to the next episode. Move from the vault. I believe, Mister Stevens, it's your pick. It is. It is. So, so lads. Um. I, I, I've wanted to watch this for for a while, to be honest, um, and it's still in the 80s, 1989, but I thought we've been doing some quite serious matter over the past uh, past few weeks, so I'm going to go a bit light, lighter, and I'm going to go 1989's The Burbs. Oh, <laughs> good. Tom Hanks, Corey Feldman, and the wonderful Carrie Fisher. Um, I haven't seen it in so long, so no. yeah. Oh yeah, I haven't watched this for years. The donkeys, man. That's fucking good shout. And we well, we just you know after we're learning about Tom Hanks's first horror movie, uh, first movie as a horror, I thought that was the only opportunity we would get. I forgot about him in the Burbs. There you go, Joe Dante, director Joe Dante. So yeah, excited. Okay, that is a really good pick. Genius, actually. Well done. I can't believe I've done. <laughs> Barely. I don't think we've hardly ever mentioned that one on the pod. That's that's a really good shout. I don't own it, so I'm going to have to own it. So, yeah, good shout, boy. All right. That wraps up another episode, episode 126. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, moving on to episode 127. Our main review is still yet to be decided. We have a uh, possible pool of uh, options for us. An like infinite that. pool, would you say? <laughs> Maybe. Um, our some to screw about, Mr. Stevens is going to come up with in the next couple of weeks. And is also just picked out he's busy boy he's also just picked out the vault the burbs tom hanks fucking great joe donate love that um and there's only one more thing to say when there's no more room in hell here's another podcast <laughs>